Hi, and welcome to another episode of Garmology, a podcast about clothes and this and that and um, stuff. Uh, I'm joined today by my good friend, Sean, from Glasgow. And uh, Sean, what's the topic of the day? Hello, Nick. Um, yeah, we, we, we ha- this is something that we've discussed in the past um, about what is classed as comfort clothing so what what you wear um to say do things that you want to be comfortable in whether that's around the house whether that's doing the school run whether that's uh on a commute um and then what what's the difference really between what you would wear there and what you would wear normal smart casual so you know why does smart casual clothing have to be uncomfortable so you know what what constitutes comfortable clothing? Um, you know, it's not necessarily about going up two sizes. It's it's more about you know what what clothing would you say is in a wee pile that you go, oh, that's that's my comfortable clothing for for doing these tasks, and you know, um, what's what's something I would wear if I had to go and meet somebody for a drink or a coffee, or you know, why can't I wear comfortable clothing to that? So it's 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 quite an, uh, an an ethereal sort of topic, but um, it's one that I think these days, and especially when we've had so long in sort of lockdown and possibly another lockdown, that we're spending more time perhaps in less formal clothing and more comfortable around the house. So, what what constitutes comfort, and where's the line? So, where's the line between too casual and um, smart casual or is indeed is there a light who knows what, what what i'm sort of getting from what you're saying there is that uh, comfort and say style are at opposite ends of the spectrum and the more stylish clothes become the less comfortable they are and vice versa and i know for my own part that um over the past six months or so i've been wearing baggy trousers big t-shirts at home and if I happen to put on a shirt or a small pair of trousers, it is commented on that I have been <laughs> that I have dressed up and made a special effort. Um, so yeah, I think for me, just I've got a pair of baggy linen trousers from Sweden, worn them lots and lots, and big baggy t-shirts. Uh, style-wise, well, at least the t-shirts, disaster. They're basically two sizes too large, right. super comfy, washed lots of times so that they're really nice and soft. Uh-huh. So do you think that's so? You, that's two things there that you've said that, yeah, I would I would class perhaps under the, the comfort banner is where if things are perhaps a little large, um, you know, if, if, if I am not, that's felt so sometimes something that is that little bit bigger might be more comfortable and certainly um the material as well so you're saying about linen trousers and i I don't think i have a pair of trousers and linen but i have a shirt and a jacket um or two and and it's nice it's a nice material that it it kind of just doesn't bother you does it it's there but it doesn't you don't feel as if you're wearing it the way you would say a, a pair of thick denim jeans you know it's it's kind of on you but not on you um and i think depends how new new they are really because i find sort of fresh linen to be quite quite uncomfortable really 
a bit a bit sort of hard, a bit itchy, not sort of woolly itchy, uh-huh. but uh, oh. but over time it softens up. It softens up, and that, that I think that's perhaps another aspect that we can talk about as well is that you know sort of how long you've had something then where does it does it then become more comfortable you know the longer you've had it and the more washes it's had and so on and so forth so going back to that is that perhaps why you see a lot of men wearing shorts all year round you know um you you'll see people wearing cargo shorts and, and trainers all year round so is that because they've they've given up or is it because they find it more comfortable do you think well i used to have a principle that i wore shorts from uh i must have been about april to october because that was a sort of manly thing to do and i think cargo shorts plays very much into that Uh but it's definitely not a a style thing or an attempt to look well groomed or i think it might be down to discovery channel you want really? to look like Steve, Steve Irvin or Ben oh, Fogel right. or one of these manly man guys yeah. sort of who goes out into the woods and eats grubs, you know, because yeah. he's a bit peckish. But uh, of course, that's if you're yeah, if you're about fifty years old from an urban area and work in accounting, I don't think it's convincing at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. And, and and there's generally some sort of multi-tool on a. Um, a leather holder on the belt as well, that kind of thing, you know. Um, Probably also got his cell phone in a holder on the belt. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's better than the old holsters that some people used to have, remember. Yeah. That's interesting when you're saying about, like, Steve Irwin and stuff, because I've got, like, a sort of go-to, like, all-year-round, um, what I would say, comfortable outfit, and I call it my David Attenborough, because uh. David Attenborough will tend to, in any sort of hot climate that he's in, wear uh, beige cotton trousers and a blue cotton shirt. And I tend to wear that probably more often than I I ought to, through the summer and and into sort of autumn and and spring as well. And and it's just like an easy thing to wear because it's like the colours seem to go okay. Cotton trousers and cotton shirts over time will become more comfortable and softer. Um, that's a shitting sheepdog being a bit noisy. And away she goes. Um, we'll tend to be sort of more comfortable. So I, I just always call it my Attenborough. I'm going to put my Attenborough on, which is like the blue shirt um, and stuff. And I've never been like big into shorts since I got past the age of about 13. Um, I, I was never... I never felt any cooler around the legs in shorts than I did in trousers, if you know what I mean. Um, I never noticed that there was a mass. Maybe that's because I live in Scotland, but that I never felt the need to put shorts on um, as opposed to trousers. I didn't feel, I never felt them cooler. And I, just, I was just interested this morning because I saw a number of maybe men of my age wearing shorts this morning, despite cold weather despite the rain um wearing cargo shorts so i just thought i'd ask you it's probably because their kilt was in the wash and they were all uh, haggis yes. up ready yes. to toss a yeah. caber that's right yeah yeah absolutely yeah 
I get that. Yeah, but, anyway. uh, regarding shorts, though, I yeah. like wearing shorts. When right. it's warm outside, get uh-huh. some sun on my legs. Uh-huh. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, it, just, they don't. Uh, I mean, it's not really your legs where most of the heat gathers anyway. So I can see that it's not going to be a yeah a huge um, heat uh, solving issue wearing shorts. But uh, I mean, wearing shorts does open up the problem of socks, though, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think like, would you wear? Would you necessarily put socks on? So if if it's hot enough that you need to wear shorts. Surely it's hot enough that you wouldn't wear socks, and then you need to think about sort of what what footwear would, would go with that as well. So, well, then you then you need sandals, don't you? Otherwise, you you got your sweaty feet in yeah. your proper shoes, and so again, oh, it opens up so many problems. It's not something I own as a, a pair of sandals. I've never I've never been never been tempted by them at all. Uh, Slide into your flip flops? No, 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 no. But no. I think. Um, I'm a fan of leather boat shoes, and and that's about as sort of insubstantial as um, uh, footwear would go. Which again, like, when I get up in the morning um, and do a school run, I'll just put them on straight away. So I'll 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 put them on and I'll I'll drive to the school, about three miles or whatever, and and back, and and I'll use those. And that that tends to be my sort of go to. Um, casual shoes, which is like leather, just leather Timberland. I think they are boat shoes that, have, that are well, well worn in, um, you know, and well creased. And I find them quite comfortable. And I don't think I would ever wear socks with them. You know, I think they would be shoes. But I know you've got a problem with non-sock wearing, haven't you? Um, yeah, but I was I, what I was going to do now because you it just struck me that I could uh, I could outdo your boat shoes by a dimension or two. Because many, many years ago, when we first got Rupert and he needed to go in and out of the house, I bought a pair of kitchen-grade Crocs. Now, they are different from your regular Crocs in that they don't have the vent holes. So they're Crocs without holes. So you can wear them in a professional kitchen environment. Now, Rupert is now 10 years old. I've still got them. Mm -hmm. The rubber soles have fallen off, but they're still my go-to shoes for going out to the mailbox to see if anything has arrived. All right, okay. And I have been known to leave the property wearing them as well if I am driving somewhere. I think I've even been to the shop in them once or twice. Anywhere where they, people, where people they are maybe see you or anywhere where people would maybe – see that you wear crocs i mean you've said it now anyway so i do i do run the risk of being seen and it's a shameful admission to make because they are horrible yeah but they're comfy dead comfy are they and they protect my feet from the elements i I tried a pair on once and it just you know i have problems with my feet as as you know so i need some sort of support there but they just don't uh i had an old pair of the you know the bluntstone um Chelsea boot things, the company things um, that I used to, to wear quite a lot, um, but they're, they're just they, they, they were quite they were quite comfortable, um, but the the soles just dissolved eventually after about ten years use. Um, they just they just came apart, you know. But um, certainly, I remember from from my time as a as a teenager working in um, various hotel kitchens around Britain that. 
the chefs did tend to wear open-backed old-style clogs, and, and I just couldn't understand why they would find that comfortable. But it was quite traditional at the time to, to, to do that um, for chefs, and I'm assuming now that they all... But I wouldn't want to spill any hot fat on my feet if I was wearing something like Crocs or something. No, I think they still wear clogs. I think it's a sort of chef thing. Yeah, yeah, like the open back ones. So just like at, at least the the chefs rocking that heritage chef outfit uh, yeah. style thing, and the huge hat. With oh, I don't know what else <laughs> they used to wear in olden times, but uh, I'm sure there is old old chefs gear and modern chefs gear. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Mm. We, we do want to chef right. right, but certainly. So when you're saying there then about stuff you've had a while that is is still comfortable or stuff that you've had that you wear and that's one thing I've found that uh, being somebody that hangs on to, to clothes for a long time and wears them a lot that there really is with decent made sort of clothing, decent made jeans and, and, and shirts that they will absolutely take on more of a character over time especially like sort of chambray and denim shirts it just becomes softer and softer um and the material becomes more comfortable and you just there's that thing where you know something fits you well and you know it um looks okay and you know you could put that on and you you know you'll be all right you're, you're not wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt it's still a shirt you know and it's still smart enough um to for, for most most sort of situations that the longer you wear it, and especially with cotton, the, the, the sort of softer and softer it it becomes, and the, the the more wearable it becomes, and you're more likely to to reach reach for that as a, as a kind of uh, comfort item. I mean, I've got a pair of acne jeans that must be eight or nine years old that are now starting to wear at the knee slightly, but they are so soft and so comfortable um, and are almost sort of whited out now. And they, they would, despite it being denim, are, are something I find very comfortable to to wear, certainly. Um, and it just takes on its own character after a while, you know. It just becomes um, softer and softer um, after... So if you get if you get things that, apart from your Crocs, I'll say it again. Apart from Nick, <laughs> Nick, www.welldresseddad.com still has his Crocs. <laughs> I, I'm totally with you because you know for a fact that there's things that like you just have around the house that you just kind of uh, sort of slip on, and, and it's 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 certainly more more comfortable. Um, yeah, so have you got other things that you would wear a lot of? I'm trying to think. Um, most of my stuff would be sort of not as old as that. Um, have I got any old hoodies? I mean, hoodies, don't wear them. Might have one lying around. Yeah, I don't um, know. But um, I was sort of thinking, because part of what you're talking about now is the physical familiarity of something that is well-worn. Yes. And... Yes. I mean, it might also have a psychological aspect, a sort of comfort, psychological comfort aspect of something that, you know, I think it's just yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that, you're, again, you're not, you're not having to sort of think too much. You can just reach for it and know that um, it's going to be comfortable and it's going to be quite soft and you've, you've, you've always worn it. And um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it sort of takes on that. 
to me as well, sometimes there's a little bit of sort of, yeah, I've had this for 20 years and I'm still wearing it. There's a wee bit of pride in that, I think, as well. You know, there's a wee bit of like, well, you know, I've kind of kept this for this length of time and I do maybe do tell more people about it. I'm sure they're not interested, but, you know, say that, oh, I've had this for X amount of time or Y amount of time. I don't know exactly what you're talking about now because you've often mentioned the T-shirt you bought at your life-changing Spice Girls concert. Was it in the late 90s? Yeah. yeah. And how you reached for that in times where you need an extra bit of comfort and... Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I use it as a sort of comfort blanket almost, but I was going to frame it, you know, I was going to put it in a frame, but um, I don't know. I, I, I need to do something with it more than just keep it under my pillow every night, you know. It needs more sort of life about it. But there are also, there are a few items that I have that have been quite new items or nearly new items that have clearly been more designed for with comfort and, and to almost to look well worn and I'm, I'm going to refer to um a brand sea salt and i think the stuff's not hideously expensive and but they do quite nice organic cotton um like zip pullover tops you know um that has has got a kind of um um, it's got a kind of worn in look, so they've got a kind of faded look, as if you've been out on your on your boat for for years in this top. And the cotton, I don't know whether it's just because it's organic cotton, is very very soft and it's very um, nice to put on, you know, and it's comfortable. And I think because it's a wee bit too big as well, it's quite it's quite comfortable too. Um, you know, it's it gives it that extra element of. Um, sort of comfort um nick can i stop you there because the dog's destroying the sofa hold on so yeah so it's almost as if you've got items that have been designed um with some degree of comfort in mind so you're not going to wear it um too formally and it'll be something that um you'll keep forever and it's just it's just a nice i think i've got two of them they're like uh just cotton over the head with a zip um, smock type things and they're just they're nice to wear you know because they, they tend to be slightly oversized um, you can get like a jumper of that underneath them and, and the cotton's lovely and it's soft and it's, it's malleable and stuff and that's, I think there are quite a few brands like that that do that kind of um, uh, Norfolk sailing type um, sort of item, Yarmouth oil skins as well um, Black's, Black's, Blackshore as well as the other one Toast is a bit along the same lines I think yeah and the stuff that you uh, know, that would that you know that's it's smart it's nice but it's like it would be quite comfortable at the same time you know it's interesting though because what they've done what you're really appreciating it there is that they've added by way of washing it that comfort which would have taken possibly years to achieve if you just bought it straight off the roll and worn it. So it's yeah. similar to what we've been doing with, uh, with denim jeans for years and years where you don't want it. Well, some people, some deviants wouldn't want to buy it looking like a proper fresh pair of trousers. They want it all scuffed up and torn and worn and blasted and acid washed. And so to a lesser degree, your shirts from sea salt have been through a similar process, I guess. Yeah. Uh, sort of pre-aging, but not not done in a kind of um, uh, with jeans. You know, it can be it, it, that, that sort of 
pre-worn um, and cuts and stuff, and it, it just looks awful, you know. It really does. And, but uh, with something like that, where it's like it's just the colour that's faded slightly, it, it looks a lot more natural. Even though it isn't, it looks a lot more it looks a lot more natural. So again, that's a bit of a perception there where I'm thinking like that looks kind of worn in. So I'm I'm, feel, I'm feeling the comfort, but it, it's not like sort of that smart. So, so say for instance, I would have put it on this morning to take the children to school, but when I had an, an appointment with opticians this morning, I wouldn't have worn it. So I, I would have then thought about something else to wear, sort of slightly more comfortable, um, slightly smarter, you know. Um, but it's does that then necessarily have to be less comfortable just because it's um, uh, slightly smarter? So I, I think it's sort of perception that if you if you're kind of wearing a shirt um, and a tie. Um, or like a, a formal cotton shirt that there's going to be a sort of slightly restricted movement and a slightly you know slightly less comfort, but it doesn't necessarily like have to be the case that if if you if you have clothes that fit you well enough, they should be comfortable, shouldn't they? You know. Yeah. Well, I, I'm often asked by my wife to buy shirts a size smaller than I would naturally buy because that's how she likes to see them fit. Right. Now, wearing a shirt that is too tight, and by too tight I just mean that it's I can feel it's on. <laughs> yeah. That is really, really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. That's it, it, Shirts especially because I think because they lie so close to the body, they tend to be, the cotton tends to be quite thick. And um, yeah, they they do tend to. So so like yesterday, I had on a, a mulberry one that's I must have bought twenty three, twenty four years ago in this in the the mulberry check. I think you've got one as well um, that has been worn to hell, and it's a sixteen and a half collar. Now I'm a fifteen, and it was a sixteen. And why the hell I ever bought it? But it was. It's so soft, you know. It's so worn in now, and it's so soft and faded. And it was lovely, and I had a jumper on over it. But it just next to me, it felt good, you know. It felt kind of soft and and, and nice. Whatever I had put on, sort of a a newer uh, Uniqlo cotton shirt that was, and I think shirts now tend to come in at the waist quite a bit. Even ones that are not classed as slim fit. The ten. That's, that's a tailored fit, isn't it? Yeah, the ten. Where you have massive wide shoulders and a narrow waist, mm. and uh, I, I, I mean, for, for us, the for us supermodel guys, I mean, that's the perfect fit, really. Yeah, because we're basically yeah. at the gym all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've got a home gym. Well, a couple of stairs. That's about yeah, it. I've got two personal trainers. Yeah, excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like. I rarely wear like a shirt tucked in a pair of trousers. And, and that's all because it's quite self-conscious about it. Whereas I'm only like, I think a 31, 30, 31, 32 at the most waist, you know, there's timber above it. So it's like, it makes it, it makes it a kind of odd shape, but that could be uncomfortable too. You know, and I think as you get older, you know, I'm fairly inactive at the moment. So you, your body shape does change. So you kind of, it, you, st- you don't want anything like, close to you especially when you're sitting down or whatever it just becomes kind of un, uncomfortable doesn't it and that's that's to me where comfort comes in where it, it's about not having that restriction um you know i've got some 
coats and jackets that I can wear are fine, no problem. But as soon as I start to try and drive in them, I can't because it's the shoulders will be too tight or, or whatever. They're, they're fine, they fit the rest of the time, but when I'm actually trying to say drive or do something like that, they don't um, they don't fit particularly well, you know. That's a big problem when I'm cycling because yeah. hunched over the handlebars is a quite an unnatural position for most jackets. Yeah. And unless it's got an action back or something, then there really has to be space enough in the shoulders to to move. So for you then when you're regularly at work, you you do have quite a, a cycle commute, don't you? So you've got about, what, half an hour cycle or something? Before you- about half an hour cycling and then uh, about two and a half hours on the train and another hour on the subway uh, and some walking. So really, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very, very varied. So in that respect... Um, so comfort for you, do you what, what, what you must have like go to items for that? I would imagine. Yes, and I, they have to sort of be weather appropriate as well. Um, uh, yep, comfortable, but at the same time, I like to wear stuff. I like to wear. I like to look fairly nice yeah so i mean commuting is a is a huge problem years and years ago when uh when the weather was colder i bought this huge um fjellreven uh down expedition parker Mm -hmm. and that was brilliant because i would be standing on uh, waiting for the train for about 25 minutes in say minus 20 minus 25 degrees it was cold yeah uh, but once I got on the train, it was like a sleeping bag. I could just cuddle up inside it and fall asleep. Uh, so Again, that was there's, there's very a comfort there as well. Isn't there? That warmth in a, in a kind of warm uh, sort of down-filled coat, you know, uh, there's a, there's an element of, of comfort comfort there too. So, and were you able to cycle in that? Okay, then. Uh, yes, but yeah. say in even minus twenty, I'd have to have it unzipped because it was so warm coming up the hills, coming home. Uh, it was crazy. But uh, since then, they've just completely destroyed the seats on the train, so you can't really sleep on the money longer. So those days are, are long gone. So maybe, Sadly, again, like shorts, you do see a lot of people wearing those those sort of down filled jackets. That they, they are they are very very popular. Um, I I don't have one. Um, because like being being a bit smaller and and a, and a bit wider, it, it adds it adds quite a bit. You know what I mean. So I tend to like try and keep it keep my jackets just a little bit uh, bit narrower. But um, certainly one I had on today, which is the, the Henry Lloyd concert. You know, it looks like it's a massive, heavy, waterproof coat. It's it's light as a feather, and it's it's nice to wear. You know, it's it's you hardly notice it on, and it is again that'll be added to the comfort list. Um, which a jacket that looks is kind of quilted on the inside, but it looks as if it's it's, it's going to weigh a ton, but it, it doesn't. It's great. The thing about down jackets though is that you can wear them for comfort and utility. I.e., it's bloody cold outside. Put a down jacket on, and it'll be nice and warm. Mm. Or you can wear it for the looks. Because it's uh, streetwear flex or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we were in London. Was it two, three years ago when it, it was the heat wave on? It was just immensely warm. Really, you couldn't have few enough clothes on. Mm. But I'd be wandering around in London, and I'd see young 
men, I have to admit, young men wandering around in down jackets. Yes. Yeah. Good Lord, man. I know. It's, but, it's, I mean, they probably felt really cool. Plus, there's that thing when you're younger, if you've got, like, one really good item, like, say they've saved up and got, like, a really nice quality down jacket and it's got the brand name on it, you know, probably just wear the hell out of it. That's what I used to do. You know, if you had, like, if you had an item that, that you loved, you would just wear it, wear it, wear it. You wouldn't actually think about the weather. You would just be like, I'm wearing this anyway, you know. Um that was certainly from my my case anyway when when you're younger you don't you don't have the money to to buy a lot of clothes so the things that you do buy you just tend to to wear the hell out of you know and certainly you see that's a lot here during the winter time i mean there'll be plenty of negative uh, degrees celsius yeah. it might be wet windy cold snowy outside uh, the kids will uh, prefer to wear their sneakers Little tennis shoes, vans, whatever, converse, mm-hmm. preferably without socks. And I'm there with wool socks on, yeah, putting on my ice cutters, yeah, <laughs> ready for a day of extremely sweaty feet, but not cold feet, yeah, exactly, absolutely. And, and again, I suppose that again comes down to sort of comfort over style, so they're, they're wearing their converse because that's what they find is, you know, is fashionable amongst their, their age group or whatever. And it's, it's the thing to wear. Or, you know, there's there's a, a certain type of Vans trainer that seems to be very popular just now, a kind of black and white one. And it, they'll sort of wear them all year round. So, yeah, you'll see the people wearing them in winter. And that's where they're, they're probably thinking about the style, which when you're young, that's what you do. But you think about the style more than the, and, and perhaps the comfort. But in saying that, you know, my, my daughter will always reach for a hoodie before anything else you know and because she finds it comfortable and she you know she enjoys wearing it and it's it'll have her her, her, the dance company she's in it'll have that name on it or she's got a school one or leavers one and she likes to to wear that and i suppose she's going for that with comfort and style or balance or whatever i don't know from what i can tell from reading the papers your daughter's probably a criminal that's why she wears a hoodie oh yeah she's that as well i'm not denying that yeah she's she's criminal. I was going to mention the the Vans uh, shoes you were you were yeah. thinking. Of. I think that's what we used to call plimsolls. But if I say that we used to call them that, people can think that we're about seventy five or eighty years old. Yeah. So I'll say our parents called them plimsolls. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. I mean, tra- trainers like we had trainers when we were young, but it wasn't until I was maybe thirteen, fourteen that you began to think about branded trainers. You know about. Um, you know, when I got like a first pair of Nike trainers, that was like a big deal, you know. Um, and again, you it, it would be you would have your school shoes and you would have your your trainers, and that that would be about it, you know. I I did BMX and so I had a pair of Vans, but at the time in the early eighties, Vans were a cycling or skating shoe. That's all they were. That's the only time you would wear them. You wouldn't wear them like out with um, being on your bike or out with being on a skateboard. That was like. But, you know, getting your first pair of Nikes, Adidas, that kind of thing, you kind of allegiance towards a trainer. And I don't know, I have a couple of pairs of trainers, but when we're talking about comfort gear, most people would reach for a pair of trainers. I don't find them particularly supportive or particularly comfortable. I have the leather Crown Northampton ones that you kindly donated me that are like feel like slippers. I mean, they're they're 
very, very comfortable. But I wouldn't even class them as trainers. They're more like leather, plimsoll-type sneakers, aren't they? Um, but They are sneakers. Uh, what are, is it sneakers they're called these days? Yeah, the, 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 the term sneakers certainly tends to get uh, used a lot more on this side of the Atlantic. Um, growing growing up in Norway, um, we were very literal uh, in what we called things, and what we today called sneakers then were called jogging shoes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. I. Uh, I think. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what we wore before we had jogging shoes, but I yeah. can't recall what they were. Yeah. It, it, obviously, you're older than me, you know. But um, I, I think. Yeah, I, I sort of. I'm trying to remember pre pre trainers. That there was other types of sort of more basic trainers like Dunlop Green Flash, um, what we called plimsolls like sand shoes or gutties as they were called in Scotland, which were just the black or white elasticated top, you know, kind of pull on army style, um, you know, army gym style things that probably Nigel Caborn's charges about 200 quid for. Uh, you know they were they were ten a penny. You would just buy a new pair every every year, and and you would you would take them for PE at school or whatever. But you know, yeah, like actual actual trainers were. You know, when I was young, weren't weren't really about that much. Um, it wasn't until I was a bit older, and then, as I say, the the branding comes in, and the, the, I can understand why people reach for them for a comfort thing. But for me, like. A slightly more formal shoe, um, like suede shoes or um, like desert boot type things, I find more comfortable than trainers. So I would never naturally reach for trainers. I would always naturally reach for at the at the very most casual end the boat shoes to get up in the morning, come downstairs. You know, because I don't want the dogs biting my feet. But I think I can understand why trainers are. Or sneakers are all conquering now, um, and the amount of styles and brands and everything you know. Um, but for, for I have to, I have to interject here that if you wear shoes at home because your dogs bite your feet, you don't have a shoe problem. You have a dog, a dog problem. problem yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware of that. Uh, no, no, it's, it, I would always just like I know you you never wear sort of shoes around the house. I tend to always wear shoes around the house. You know, so I, I've I've got a few pairs that are sort of like shoes around the house type shoes, but um, yeah, I think that's just a cultural thing, though, isn't it? With you guys, that you'll you'll tend not not to wear them. I need the support of shoes. I, I, I struggle to walk without going to detail. I struggle to walk without them, um, so I would always have them on. But um, these paraboot um, shoes that I bought last month on on eBay um, that look fairly formal, but are just like so so comfortable i mean they're like soft and um lovely soft rubber soles and they're just they're great they're really you know i mean you find that sort of shoe nirvana comfort nirvana you kind of you kind of stick with it um but yeah for, for me i need i need something like with a formal structure to the shoe to have any form of 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 comfort Mephisto being the other one. Strange how uh, how all the French make comfortable shoes because they yeah, used to make comfortable cars as well, didn't they? Yeah, are the French yeah. a more comfortable nation? Yeah, I think they 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 sort of put put the comfort a- aspect of it before anything else. But 
really, what, what other purpose do shoes have? You know, they have to be comfortable. You, you're, you're walking on them. Um, you're wearing them on your feet. You're standing up. They have to support you. So wh- why shouldn't they be comfortable, you know? Why do they have to be... In- well, it's strange because the classic Northampton British-made shoe tends to not be very comfortable. I mean, if they're suede, <laughs> your foot can live a little more, but there's thick leather soles. It's hit or miss with me that some of them, I have old Grenson ones that are extremely comfortable, that when you look at them and you weigh them, I remember going to to, to um, see, not, not the chiropractor, but the Aspect. What's the other one? Not chiropractor, but to do with your feet. Um, but pedi- but po- pedi- pediatrician. Not, not pediatrician. That's children. Podiatrician. Pediatrician. Podiatrician. <laughs> and I went to Good see doctor. Had these grains, and she was laughing at me because she says you've got feet problems. These grains and shoes, she could hardly lift them the way the ton. But for me at that time, they were extremely, extremely comfortable. Um, and she's going, "Do you not have any trainers, son?" I was like, "No, no, I don't." I said, "I've got the." A lot of that depends on the sole, though, doesn't it? So, like, you're, you're sort of English-made uh, or Northamptonshire-made shoe. You know, traditionally, will have a leather sole, which is just ridiculous. You know, I don't, I don't see the point of them. Whereas, I would tend to then get a a, a, a day night or a, or a full-length Vibram sole on it, which just gives me that comfort and stability again. It gives me that comfort that I know. So, I do have some pairs that shoes that maybe traditionally don't look particularly comfortable but for me are and I, I don't I'm, I'm at that age now I, I just don't see the point in shoes that I'm not I've, I've bought shoes on eBay and just immediately put them back up for sale because you know when you put them on and walk on it you're just like no that's ridiculous you know they're just like ridiculously uncomfortable so I think a lot of the comfort factor starts starts down there doesn't it starts at the footwear I think the most comfortable British shoes I have are the Clark's Wallabies. Okay. In suede. Right. They're not as comfortable when they're not in suede because the the leather is more rigid then. But in the suede, yeah, it really has some give in it, which when I'm thinking I like shoes with some give in it, I should really be wearing jeans with some stretch in them or shirts with stretch. That sounds incredibly wrong. So I'm hoping you can set me right here. No, so I mean I've I've got the Mephisto version of the Wallaby, which is in, in leather, which are okay. I wouldn't say they were massively comfortable, not as comfortable as my other Mephisto ones, but they are jeans. I have the jeans that I wear most tend. I think I've got about two percent lycra in them. Um, they're just Uniqlo straight blue ones, non-selvage, and I'm sure they have got a little bit of stretch in them. So is that a bad thing? It means that you're probably not a proper man, I think. Okay. Because a manly yeah, man will have jeans that are like cardboard with no stretch. That is a but sh- you're able to recite the full history from Japan to the day you're wearing them. They will also have plenty of fades, um, feathers, documented wear. And so forth. I mean, you're missing out on all this by wearing stretchy jeans. So uh, it's almost like you know, an don't, Please don't tell me they're skinny jeans as well. Yeah. 
So it's skinny, skinny stretchy manly. jeans would be really bad. Skinny jeans are not manly. No. No. <laughs> I have heard a lot of people say that uh, jeans with some stretching are very comfy, though. I have. It, it's not – I didn't, like, specifically buy them because of that. It was just when I looked at the, the makeup of them, there was, like, 2% like or something. And what I tend to find is when I wash them – yes, I do wash them – they tend to By be – By moonlight a, in a mountain stream, of course. Yeah, yeah, with, with my top yeah. off and uh check shirt tied around my waist and a, an axe just for extra, you know. Um, and your beard freshly brushed. And I only eat steak. Oh, See, talking about that—that's that's another thing that like people will tend to like. Steak is seen as like something manly, isn't it? Like, so if you go into a restaurant and order a salad, you'd be like, "Oh, there must be something wrong with them." But if you order like a steak, a steak, a, like a, a normal steak, like a fillet steak, has got very little taste to it. It's just a piece of unworked muscle, but it's somehow seen as like. Whoa. Bit manly, and it's like automatic gearboxes on cars. So if you've got an automatic car, you're not as manly. If you have a diesel car, you're not as manly, and you're ruining the environment. An electric car, I think, I blame like Top Gear or whatever, but I think an electric car would be seen as not very manly either. That's what I'd reckon. As if a car is going to define your um, your manhood, you know. And I think I have, a, I have a feeling this is a topic we could uh, do an extra long podcast on. I mean, the art of manliness, the value of manliness. Uh, is manliness something we should strive for? I I think in 2020, uh, it might not be. Yeah, we'll save that for another one. But yeah, so going back to the thing, jeans, like I've never seen a shirt with Lycra in it. So again, there are that, lots, that would... lots of them. It's a common uh, common fabric these is days. It? Is it really? Yeah. It, would, it would be Lycra or Elastane, uh, various brand names for the for the stretchy fibres they put in them. But uh, it is pretty common now. Ah. And that just adds that little bit extra kind of. Well, I mean, it does have the recycling aspects that we've been touching on before, because it means that it's not pure cotton fibres anymore. So you can't, strictly speaking, really recycle it very well. Plus, all this lycra and elastane and nylon and polyester and whatnot does mean spreading microplastics. Yeah. So Again. thereby destroying the the comfort, um, psychological comfort um, of a generation enjoying their stretchy shirts and trousers. <laughs> Again, going on to like sort of knitwear, and you know you can get a lot of knitwear. That I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday about like what's called wool mix. A wool mix could just be 20% wool. And you tend to find that the less wool, so it, it doesn't need ironed as much and it's easier to wash, but you tend to find that after not very long, it fades, it goes misshapen, it'll stretch, you know, it'll uh, seams will start coming apart, the colour will go, it'll be horrible. Whereas if you get just a 100% wool jumper, lamb's wool, and it's always worth checking. Lamb's wool, especially cashmere, is good, but it's, it's a bit more vulnerable. But certainly, lamb's wool, you know, it won't stretch. It might shrink. You've just got to watch how you wash it. But again, it there's an element of comfort there to knitwear, isn't there? You know that it it softens and it um, you, you have kind of favourite jumpers where it doesn't become scratchy as as some people think wool is. But you know, it's it's that lovely kind of soft. Uh, lambswool and I think when you start adding other stuff to it as you say the plastics 
your acrylics and all that. All right, you know, in theory, on paper, it'll last longer, but the, the jumper just never looks as good. It never looks as good. And if you're buying a decent quality wool, it won't bobble and it won't it won't shrink. And, um, you know, it'll, it will last longer, you know. Um, but again, you, you kind of need to pay for that. You know, you need to pay that, that little bit more for wool that won't do that. But wool, more so even than cotton, is that ultimate comfort. So you, you can... You know, a jumper can be a horrible, big, baggy, faded thing, or it can be something quite smart. And it can be something quite neat. To me, a navy blue crew neck jumper is something I could wear every day. It's, it's the to me that's like the almost the ultimate bit of menswear: a navy blue wool jumper. Speaking of wool mix, on the other hand, that is what I look for in warm socks. Right, okay. Um, I find uh, cotton socks in the winter absolutely useless. Really? Well, most most of the time, cotton socks really are useless because yeah. once they get a bit damp, there's no heat in them or no warmth in them at all. Yeah. Uh, wool socks, terrific, but they don't wear well at all. Um, I mean, if I get a week out of them, then they're, they're bust. Really? So you just have to start repairing them all the time. But for socks... Put some uh, put some plastics into the mix, a bit of polyester probably go down on the wool content, and they just last for years and years. And you have all the benefits of wool, and they wear well. I, I, and I can pick, and I can pick them up dirt cheap at my local food shop. <laughs> so that's the benefit of wearing big boots during the winter. No one can tell what socks you're wearing. See, but again, do you not need to have slightly bigger shoes to accommodate the thicker socks? They're not that thick, and uh, I tend to wear thicker, um, uh, well, bigger boots during the winter anyway. Yeah. I mean, just half half a size up. Sure. So, because uh, you you need that air to make them warm. Because I, I tend to always just buy cotton, you know, and I, I tend to find that, like, I'm not outdoors a massive amount of time in the in the cold, and obviously your climate's a lot colder than ours as well. That they tend to be okay, like cotton cotton socks will tend to last, but. There is something nice about a kind of a wool mix. Um, just that, that little bit warmer. I did have a few pairs that were 100% wool. And yeah, they were because socks is something you're washing quite a lot, you, you don't want to have to keep doing a separate wool wash. So they tend to just go in with the, the normal darks and they'd shrunk that I couldn't get them on my feet within about two washes, you know. The uh, beauty of wool, though, is that you don't have to wash it so often. Um, I mean, most of my wool things I will just air or wear them. I mean, a pair of wool socks, you can easily wear it for two or three weeks. Yeah. Really? So cotton socks, I mean, a day or two and they're a bit, bit nasty. So, uh, I mean, wool generally is a, is nature's own technical fabric yeah. with, uh, with the sort of um, properties you want with regards to not having to be washed so much. Certainly, certainly with jumpers and that, because they're not, they don't tend to be sort of next to my skin. I'll tend not to wash them, um, and even when I do, it'll be like a fifteen-minute wash, or it'll be, you know, a wash without detergent. So just put them in the washing machine without the the wash, and then hang them out to dry, and they'll be fine. You know that it gets rid of any sort of residual odor, but it tends to be stains would be the reason I would wash them um, rather than than you know dirt. Um, like ground in dirt, which I swear you don't tend 
they don't tend to need it. But socks, I would tend to click, change, yeah, on a daily basis. But that's just something I don't know. That's just something that's inbred into me that I would that I would do it. But um, yeah, knitwear is, is, is the ultimate comfort fabric, though, isn't it? It's it's soft of handle. Cashmere certainly. There's an awful lot of sort of cheaper cashmere that tends to not not only be a bit cheaper and thinner, but tends to have not been put together so well. And I believe it's quite a difficult wool to to be able to stitch together. Therefore, I found whenever I've bought sort of cheaper cashmere, it, it, it tends to come apart easier. So there'll be like holes under the arm or, or, or in the collar or whatever, it will come apart. Whereas um, older Scottish made, should I say, cashmere that perhaps from the 70s and 80s, if I can get my hands on any of that, I'll tend to buy it up because it, it's 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 thicker and better better quality, you know, and it, it's such a soft handle. It's beautiful. It's really, really nice. But lamb's wool for me, that's your kind of uh, versatile, softest, most comfortable fabric. And it can look smart, you know. If, as long as it fits right and it's not like got logos all over it, then... It, it's it's a nice thing, you know. It's a nice, it's an and, it, and it, again, if you if you're wearing it smart enough, so it's that balance between smart and casual that we were discussing. That it's you know a blue jumper, for instance, if it's far too big, it ain't going to look too smart. If it's too wide at the collar, if it's got marks on it, or if it's got a logo right across the front, for me that immediately makes it more casual and less smart. Do you agree or? Well, I think we have uh, we have covered logos in some detail before. Yeah. The thing that bugs me the most about the logos, and it just struck me, is that it dates stuff. Yeah. Because logos are incredibly datable. So if you're wearing a, I'm just, just come to mind now, a ball sweater. I don't know if they were popular in the UK oh, in the eighties, but that. You see someone with a sweater that says ball on the front and you know, oh, that's from the 80s. Yeah. If you see someone with um, some other huge logo on, you'll know that, oh, well, that was popular three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So why would you want to do that apart from the, yeah. the, when it is popular? Well, th- this is it. It's because when it is popular, it's seen as new and it's seen as now. But, yeah, the flip side is it, it sort of dates so, so quickly that – I have a few jumpers um, by Valentino, um, which I think I've said to you before, wasn't a band a brand I expected to give good menswear knitwear, but it's really, really nice stuff. And it's always a good shade of wool and it's always nicely made. They have a very subtle sort of V logo at the, at the bottom right-hand corner. Um, so it's not on the chest or on the front, but it's, it's just kind of in thread of the, the, the color of the jumper. So you can, you can, you would have to sort of look for it if you were, uh, if you wanted it back. It's a kind of an acceptable logo for me. I can kind of live with that, but because the jumpers are so good. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. So like, I think the, the brand we had here was Naf Naf was one of the, the big ones in the sort of eighties and nineties or the sweater shop. Did you, did you remember the sweater shop? No, but I can sort of vaguely remember Naf Naf. Yeah. I don't know why though, because I really wasn't interested in in fashionable sweaters at the time. You couldn't have missed it though. It was just like Naf Naf right across the the sweater shop was a chain. I think it started in Edinburgh selling jumpers, sweaters, 
And guess what it just said across the front of every jump every jumper you bought in the sweater shop, it said the sweater shop across the front, yeah. Uh, wow. which is, <laughs> it's like some promotional item. Yeah. And I don't think they were particularly cheap either. They were like so, it, it, to summarise, now, what was it we started out as today's topic? Not, uh, not, comfortable clothes? Yeah, comfort. Comfort versus style versus smart casual. Where's the lines? Where are the lines there? And what have we uh, divined from uh, from our conversation? I think we've established that if you have clothing that you've kept for a while, that if it's decent quality and it's lasted – especially in, in cottons that will soften and you will feel more comfortable as a comfort aspect there. I think you can buy clothes now new that are softer and cosier to wear and more comfortable to wear that are designed that way to kind of look a bit worn in. And that there's no reason why with casual clothing, you can't be both smart and casual. So you could wear jumpers, you could wear jeans, as long as the fit's right, as long as you've not got logos everywhere, you know, as long as the, the fabric feels okay next to you if it's a shirt, um, and as long as that it's not too tight. I think things that are too tight are just... And at that point, you'd probably be bordering on smart casual as well. Yeah. It's never going to be comfortable if it's too tight, unless you're, like, built like, I don't know, who's a skinny person? Can't think of one. <laughs> No. I mean, no, don't you? I do, I do. Okay, well, I think that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. So um, do we have a topic for next time? Um, there was one thing that I was thinking about is where you've got brands that start off doing one thing very, very well and become known and established for that, and then the brand will then become slightly fashionable slightly better known and they then take that brand name and they just spread it over everything so you could have key rings handbags necklaces watches hair bands uh, shoes spectacles trainers spectacles oh, spectacles don't get me started on that and okay well that sounds like a, a good that, topic i think could be one for another time and if anyone uh, has suggestions to um what they'd like to hear us talk about, uh, the email address is welldressedad at gmail.com. And um, for now, thanks a lot, Sean. And we'll talk thanks. again soon. Until next time. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. 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 And that was all for this week's episode, a new episode next week. If you'd uh, like to investigate further, uh, my blog is at welldresseddad.com, Instagram at welldresseddad. Um, you've been listening to Gomology. Please uh, leave a rating and a review if you like. I'd really appreciate it. And if you'd like to get in touch, the email address is welldresseddad at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and catch you next week.